Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Natural disasters are just an invitation to scam artists to move into an area and rip off unsuspecting homeowners and businesses. Today, we're going to talk with Jim Quiggle, who's the director of communications with the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. And we're going to talk about some of the things that happen to consumers after natural disasters. And of course, goodness knows our country's had more than its share of those in, in recent months. Jim, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Thank you, Shirley. It's great to be here with you. Now, there are several things that we want to talk about today, and this is shady contractors and a terrible work that they can do and what can consumers do to protect themselves. I'd like to just start out with what you told me before we went on the air. There's not a major issue, but I have read of some cases that were brought actually before the hurricanes um, against insurance adjusters who were giving estimates for very low damage to homeowners, and these homeowners were not able to collect on their insurance for the true damage to their their homes is that a that is a comp that is a problem but you're saying it's not a very common one well after a disaster like this the, the, the insurance companies will send in their adjusters to evaluate the damage it's it's very likely there will be a lot of disagreements. Um, insurance companies will do their level best to make a fair claim and promptly, but not everyone's going to agree with the amount of money that the adjuster says is, is due for mm-hmm. the repairs. And so I, I think this is very common after natural disasters, and it's, it's part of the landscape, and um, it, a lot of it is going to come down to very detailed uh, evaluation about who really is right in these kinds of uh, mm-hmm. situations. Well, what can a homeowner do if they feel that the estimate that has been given to them for damage repair is really not adequate? Can they appeal it to the insurance company? Well, certainly there are, there are rounds of appeal that are available to consumers. And in addition, a consumer can hire a licensed public adjuster, which is who serves as the consumer's advocate mm-hmm. in, in claim situations. So the consumer would pay for this, but in the long run, it might be worth it if, it's, if there's a big discrepancy, what you feel is a big discrepancy that the consumer feels it. If the adjuster is honest and, and licensed and, and doing right by the consumer, the, uh, the result should be a f- negotiation that ends mm-hmm. up with a very fair price that's uh, f- reasonable for the insurance company, but also fair to the homeowner. Yeah, because I think we have to be fair to the insurance company and to the homeowner. So, yes, that uh, to level out the playing field if the consumer feels that there is an issue. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, Jim, I'm sure that your organization is on the alert for all the kinds of scams that come out of the woodwork when we have a natural disaster. Um, what about some of the things that we need to look out for? And one of the things you had mentioned to me uh, before we went on the air was shady contractors who move in and who really are not qualified or just plain crooks. Tell us a little bit about the issues here. Well, 
anytime you have a natural disaster, you have a crisis zone. It's almost like a war zone. And dishonest contractors will swoop in from other regions and try to exploit the confusion of the crisis environment. They'll go trolling through neighborhoods, knocking on doors, trying to sign up desperate homeowners to contracts uh, for repairs that often end up being little more than, than, than tools for, de- for defrauding both the homeowner and the insurance company. Okay, so here we are. We're sitting here in a natural disaster area. The first thing that we should do is to call our insurance company, right? Yes, you, you should make sure your insurance company is you're working with your insurance company so that the, the insurer is working with you at every stage of the repairs and both agrees with whatever the repairs are that need to be done, but also agrees with how they're being done through the repair process. This is very important. Okay, so what we really want to make sure of is that when we do hire a contractor, it's going to be someone that will put an estimate together that's going to be honest, fair to everyone, and that the work will be done. Now, do insurance companies, well, I suppose in the terms, in in a time of a natural disaster, the insurance companies would not have enough contractors to recommend to consumers. So is the consumer going to be pretty much on their own? Finding someone to do the the repair damage repair to the damage. Well, consumers have the right to choose any contractor they okay. want. Um, the big problem is there may be a contractor gap during the cleanup phase oh, yes. after after Irma and Harvey. You there's already a national uh, there's already a national deficit of, of of licensed contractors who are available to do work, and that could translate easily down into the flood and and wind zones of of Irma and Harvey. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see as. I can see that there may be far too few legitimate local licensed contractors mm-hmm. to do all the to repair the tens of thousands of homes that need urgent repairs now. So what's, who's going to try to fill the gap? Well, often you're going to find crooks swooping in to try to scam uh, insurance companies, scam homeowners with, with cheap and, and inflated repairs. Now, but to say that's that just because someone's from out of state doesn't mean they're a crook, and I'm sure you're not implying that. There Absolutely. can be very legitimate people who have concerns and want to help help the rest of the country, and they come into these areas. The big onus is on a consumer, the homeowner, to find a legitimate contractor. So one of the things I would suspect that we do not want to suspend our judgment, our critical judgment in making uh, choices and asking questions. So it would seem to me like the first thing of anybody who has got a major damage to their home, they need to sit down and make a list of what needs to be done. I mean, I guess that seems trivial, but to my mind, I guess it's my organizational mindset. But if you start making a list of what kind of problems you think you're going to experience. I mean, what kind of problems are existing in your home? And what do you need to ask a contractor that comes in? Now, I would assume one of the first things is to ask about a license. Now, they're, they may, if they're from out of state, they may not have a license to do business in that jurisdiction. How do you get around that, Jim? Well, f- first, you need to find 
when you have a contractor who is bidding for your job, you should you should start asking some very basic questions. Mm-hmm. Is does this person have a license to do work in your jurisdiction? Okay, now they may not because if they're from out of state, they would not necessarily have a license to do business in. Uh, let's say, in the District of Columbia, if there's a natural disaster, and they come from Ohio or California or whatever. So should you go to the jurisdiction where they claim they're licensed and check with it? Well, the the problem here is often they don't have a license at all, or, or they have forged licenses. Right. I understand that, yes. Um, most jurisdictions will suspend traditional licensing mm-hmm. requirements and issue a short-term licenses to try to help bring in people to fill the gap. Okay. So, so, so you need to find out what kind of license they have. If they're not, if they don't have a temporary license in that area, then go to the area where they say they have a license. Let's just take a brief pause here to, to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jim Quiggle. He's the Director of Communications for the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. And we're talking about ways that homeowners can protect themselves who've been the victims of a natural disaster. And, of course, that's a terrible state to be in. And we have so much sympathy and feelings for our our um, fellow citizens who've undergone some really terrible things recently. So, Jim, uh, you were talking about the temporary licenses, but, you know, I suspect that even the government agencies would be overwhelmed with trying to uh, check out these people and get issue temporary licenses. Well, it, it's, it's going to be a war zone. It's a challenge, yes. And there's going to be a, a lot of confusion, and people are going to need a lot of patience mm-hmm. because repairs will not necessarily be done as quickly as people would like. Of course, Simply yeah. because there, there is likely to be a large labor gap because of the tens of thousands of houses and billions of dollars in damage that will have to be repaired. Well, not only that, but then there's probably going to be a shortage of the supplies that you need to do the repairs. Well, certainly that, that'll be a, a big question. Uh, are there enough supplies to be trucked in from around the U.S. Um, of high enough quality to do the kind of repairs that help make these homes, uh, you know, resistant to future disasters? Yeah, that's uh, a good question, right? Well, I suppose that um, for the homeowner, really, it can be, I'm sure, overwhelming, especially for some of these people who don't even have a phone left. Um, we look at you know Puerto Rico and the devastation that they've had there. So at any rate, um, so moving forward, then the consumer needs to do the best they can to check out the contractor. They need to still get a a contract that spe- that specifies what kind of work's going to be done, what kind of materials are going to be used. Is that would that would you say that that's a necessity? Yeah, you you need a signed contract. What what the repair process will be, what materials will be used, what what the expected cost will be, and get it signed. Do not sign a contract that has blanks in it. People Amen. sometimes do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you're in a in a state where you're looking at such devastation, it can be very hard to make rational decisions. Um, so I can understand how people have have difficulty. Jim, do you all have, if people have access in a natural disaster area, if they do have access to websites, do you have information on your website on what consumers need to do? 
Yes, the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud does have information on contractors and, and what to look for, the warning signs, so that you can uh, weed out the, the bad apples mm-hmm. and find a, an honest, good, licensed contractor who will do the right job for you. And your, That's your, that. your, your address is insurancefraud.org? Insurancefraud.org. Okay. Well, it, you know, I think that, that um, awareness is half of it. You know, we used to laugh in my community when I first moved in there. We had a lot of pine trees. Pine trees have very shallow root system. And every time there was a heavy rain and a wind and a lot of wind, the trees would topple over. And we swore that people sat outside our gates of our community just waiting to come in, waiting for those trees to fall. Um, I suspect some of those things have happened during these awful hurricanes. Well, no doubt it is. There, there will be concerns about looting throughout the, mm-hmm. the process. Um, that's less of an insurance fraud issue, but nonetheless, it's a, it's it's a, a security real issue. Yeah, it is. No, I wasn't behind looting. I think they were just waiting out there to come in and take the trees up and charge us a fortune. You know, <laughs> especially if it's laying on your house or something like that. Um, that could be really a scary thing. So what do you all see? What are some of the kinds of frauds that you have worked with uh, from previous storms? Well, fortunately, most contractors are going to be honest and forthright. That, that's the good news. Yes, I agree. Um, it's that small percentage of, of crooks that are exploiting the, the crisis zone that will come swooping in. Um, one of the warning signs is they, they are storm chasers. They will go door to door, knocking on your door, trying to drum up business from desperate homeowners. And so you've got to be on the lookout for that. Um, so do, do insurance t- companies typically, let's say in a non-disaster situation, do they typically recommend contractors or are you on your own in finding them or does that vary greatly? Well, that, in, in insurance companies might have a list of contractors they, they have found are, are honest. Mm-hmm. But again, you have the right to choose whoever you wherever, want to. Whoever you want to, right, exactly. All right, so now what are, are – have you seen people losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because of these frauds? Well, in, in previous disasters – uh, past is prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens with contractors, certainly, the, the, at least the shady kind, they will often inflate the damage to your house. Maybe mm-hmm. your, your roof is partly damaged, and you, know, you can put in some more shingles and a little more woodwork, and it's, and it's done. But the, the contractor might inflate the estimate for the roof to try to get a whole new roof <clears throat> put in. And we're certainly vulnerable when it comes to the roof of a house, because... You, you're not up there looking at it. Well, and this is money in, in the contractor's pocket. The, the bigger the claim, the, the more money the contractor gets out mm-hmm. of it. So contractors have been known to actually bang bigger holes in roofs using tree branches. Oh, my gracious. To inflate the claim. Um, they have often done very shoddy, quick work using substandard materials to deflate their own out-of-pocket costs mm-hmm. so they can get more money out of the insurance company and the homeowner. Wow. Yeah, we do have to be on the alert. But yes, fortunately, most of the contractors and the people that come into these areas are there to help consumers, not to rip them off. Absolutely. Yeah, but we just want to protect people and let them know that these things can happen. You know, we hope it doesn't happen to you, but it can happen. So, So the bigger things to look out for, first off, check credentials. 
and do as good a job as you can checking any claims that they these people made. I would call the jurisdictions that they claim that they're where they're licensed if they don't have a temporary license to do business in the area where I'm living. I mean, I would I would if I have the ability to make a phone call, I would try to do that to see if let's suppose someone from Montgomery County, someone's claiming they're down in Texas and claiming they're from Montgomery County. Call Montgomery County and see if you can find out about have, whether or not they have a license to do business. Does that make sense? Yep, it does, really. Okay, so uh, it, having I mean, done... Also, find out if the contractor has insurance. Oh, yes. Li- liability Big insurance. Big question. So you don't get stuck if somebody is injured while working on your job. Is that true? Well, that well you, you have a worker, you have a wor- uh, an employee who's sitting on on scaffolding on your trying to mm-hmm. get onto your roof and falls down and and, and breaks you know breaks a hip. Um, th- that could be on you if there's no liability insurance. That could be ah, up, up against yes. your homeowner policy. Yeah. Yep. So we really we really need to do due diligence before we hire any of these contractors, no matter what kind of problems that we're having. Well, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned in of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jim Quiggle. He's the Director of Communication for the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, and they're the group that puts out the Insurance Hall of Shame, which, let me tell you something, listeners, it is well worth going to their website to see what kind of awful scams people try to pull on insurance companies. has nothing to do with natural disasters sometimes just all the crooks who are trying to rip off insurance companies. And their website is insurancefraud.org. So what else should we tell people who are dealing with a major claim against their insurance company? Well, a lot of it comes down to payment. Um, the, insur- the contractor may demand payment in cash up front. Ooh, don't, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't pay in cash. Um, pay in, in check. Uh, make it out to the contractor's firm, not the contractor personally, and um, make sure that you only pay up to about a third, 30% down or so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the contractor might de- might demand 50 or 60% up front and then disappear with your money. Do you know, Jim, we, we're dealing with a case at Call for Action right now where the contractor got a $100,000 from the homeowner. As a down payment. Yeah. Yeah, It's so easy to disappear with the money. Oh, my goodness. And it's, yes, and it does happen. I mean, you know, you and I hear all the bad stories. We know that there are good people out there. But unfortunately, what we do, we hear about the ones that have ripped off consumers. So that's just the nature of of our work, but we're trying to go out there and fight them. Have um, Have you done your most recent Hall of Shame? Surely the Insurance Fraud Hall of Shame is coming up. Um, we, we have a, a whole lineup of real doozies. Some, some oh, of the they're always doozies. I, I can't believe some of the things that people do, Jim, that I've read from, from your recent uh, nominees. Uh, and I love the name Hall of Shame because that's exactly what it is. And they get caught. Shame on them. But, you know, it's not just the fraud part of it. I mean, people have lost their lives because of insurance fraud. Am I right? Oh yes, the, the the price the price we pay for insurance fraud uh, goes beyond a little bit of money here. Uh, people uh, spouses have shot their spouses with with handguns uh, to try to claim you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in life insurance money. Uh, people have been burned alive in, in home arsons that were mm. intended for insurance money. So you know sometimes uh, innocent people pay the ultimate price for other people's greed. 
And then there's the people who try to who sink their yacht because they want to collect on the insurance and all of those things, and they get tired of paying. <laughs> they get tired of paying the payments. It, it is totally amazing. What are some of the most egregious ones that you've seen? Do any come to mind? Oh gosh, there, there's the case where a, a wife poisoned her husband by putting Gatorade in his mashed potatoes, which which broke down his organs and, and caused him to die. Gatorade? Gatorade. Excuse me, antifreeze. I'm sorry. Yeah, antifreeze. I was going to say Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh, we're not going to we're not going to talk about Gatorade that way. <laughs> no, Gatorade's fine, but people. It, it, Antifreeze has a sweet taste, and it's not unlike Gatorade. Surprisingly, enough. you wouldn't you wouldn't know that you were consuming it. Uh, in other words, it, it's not going to make the food taste horrible. It, antifreeze has been put in mashed potatoes and in Gatorade in, in life insurance scams, and, and the poor uh, husbands were not the wiser. Yeah. Oh my gracious! Isn't that incredible? I, I'm just you know it always stuns me. I guess it shouldn't that people can be so evil and and wanting to collect money. So let's let's go back to the the homeowner, the things to be wary of. It's checking references, making sure you've got a contract, making sure you don't make payments up front that are too large. Any other things that we need to warn consumers to to be on the lookout for? Well, make sure that the repairs that are being done are repairs the insurance company will insure. Oh, okay. Good point. Um, your, the contractor may, in good faith or fraudulently, start doing stuff, and all that's good and well, but are you working with your insurance company to make sure that everyone's on board with the repairs mm-hmm. that need to be done? Well, that's the protection for the insurance company and for the consumer to keep them. Now, when when we've got stuff, things like the natural disasters areas, do you see a, a real spike in the insurance fraud? Well, there's always going to, whether it's a spike or not, you're always going to see scams after natural mm-hmm. disasters. Mm-hmm. And even homeowners, most homeowners are going to be very honest in, in their claims. They just want to move on right. uh, fairly and you know play play fair with their insurance companies. Some homeowners will not play fair, and they will try to inflate claims. Mm-hmm. Um, they're counting on so much uh, confusion after the disaster that they can try to slip claims through the system. Right, but it may catch up with you even later. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it amazes me that people can, can do I mean, some of the things they, they pe- do. People, people might claim... That, this has happened. They will claim that they lost a very expensive sound system, that the floodwaters swept it away. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact is that they, they never owned a large sound system. <laughs> they owned a very small one. <laughs> that, that was, oh, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the floods just took it away. Oh, my goodness. There went my new, uh, you know, my except, Mercedes or my Cadillac or my whatever. All right. Well, From a Chevy company, owner here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the insurance company will ask you where you purchased these items, and right. do you have a receipt? If you don't have a receipt, at least what was the store? The insurance company may go to that store and, and ask to search its records. Uh-oh, you've been broken. You've been found out if you do you that. You've invested. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't want to. We're sitting here joking about it, but it's not a joking matter because insurance fraud is not a joke, as your organization points out so much because of the cost. Am I right? It's $80 billion out of everyone's pockets every single year Good of your life. Mm. You could take those dollar bills, 
lay them back to back, and they will stretch to the moon and back 17 times. Good grief. That's insurance fraud's cost to consumers. My Lord. Not Those are mention, your dollar bills. Not to mention the people who lost their lives because of their those people taking it from them because they wanted money. They wanted money. What's your website, Jim? People can go to get great information. Anything you need to know about insurance fraud as a consumer, you can go to insurancefraud.org. That's insurancefraud.org. And it's a great website. They're a great asset, and they're absolutely on top of it. And when you do that, you've got to check out the Hall of Shame because – you're going to be sitting there shaking your head thinking, I can't believe people really did that. But take it from me, they did. Jim, thank you so much for being with us and providing us such useful information on how to avoid getting ripped off. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. That's Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.